we see the body as a vessel for the soul. And so on the one hand, we could kind of just think of the body as like, oh, it's just a vessel for the soul. It's not that important. But on the other hand, and the way that really we should be looking at is that it's not just a vessel, like it's the vessel. Without it, we literally couldn't do anything. We wouldn't be able to perform the commandments that God commanded of us. We wouldn't be able to fulfill our mission in this world. We wouldn't be able to grow and become a better version of ourselves. We wouldn't be able to contribute to ourselves, our families, our communities, the way that we should be if our bodies aren't properly taken care of. So I kind of see it as a responsibility and a privilege to take care of my body and And one of the most beneficial ways of doing that is actually working out because it's not just the physical aspect, though it is. Welcome to the Purposeful Fitness with Coach Ola, where I dive in deeper into holistic health and fitness topics that would help you stay inspired, motivated, and dedicated to living a purposeful fit life while pursuing for the Akhirah. Hey, and welcome to episode number 40. I am so excited to have Sarah on today. She is our guest and she is the founder of Fit Jewess. We talked about faith and fitness from the Jewish perspective. And as many of you know, I talk a lot about faith and fitness from the Islamic perspective. And as a Muslim, I like to bring in my faith into it. But I realized that I'm shifting gears in 2020 and I'm going to try to my best now to not just limit myself to speaking to the Muslim communities, but I also want to talk to people of faith, people who believe in God, whether they are Jewish, Christians, or even if someone doesn't believe in a God, but they have like faith in them, whatever. I want to talk about faith very proudly and respectfully, loudly. (laughs) And so today's episode, we learned about the traditions of Hanukkah as they are still celebrating right now. It it started on Sunday, I believe, right? And today is Christmas as the episode we released. And we talked about how faith and fitness played a role into Sarah's life how it inspired her to get active, become active more. And also we talked about her body movement, her body image movement, which is so exciting because it's actually very similar to what I am going to be talking about as well in 2020 in January and beyond. So let's get started. Let's welcome Sarah and let's walk into 2020 ready to revive our faith. Let's take care of our mind and our body for a higher purpose. Let's do this. Welcome to the show, Sarah. How are you today? I'm well, thank God. How are you? Fine, thank you. Great. And I'm so excited to have you here today and dive into the whole faith and fitness conversation as it's, I think it's really important to talk about it. And you're my go-to for the Jewish faith, so. Yay! <laughs> you know, I feel the same way about this, so I'm excited too. Yeah, yes. So would you please tell us about yourself and what you currently do? Sure. So my name is Sarah, as you said. I'm a body positive and weight neutral fitness trainer, and the truth is is right now I'm in that business space where I'm actually pivoting away from working one-on-one with clients and focusing more on speaking about health and fitness and body positivity in the Orthodox Jewish world. So right now I'm focusing more on speaking engagement, but I'm sure I'll come back to the, the exercise one day. Yes. And so actually indicate me because I'm not very familiar. What is the difference between 
an Orthodox Jewish faith and then non. <laughs> okay, so Jewish is like a huge umbrella, meaning anyone who is born to someone who's Jewish, anyone, it, our religion goes according to the mom. So any woman who gives birth to a child, the child is automatically Jewish. Now, not necessarily does everyone practice that religion, practice the Jewish religion. So Orthodox would be someone who pretty much adheres to the Jewish law that was commanded to us. So anyone can be Jewish. And then someone who's Orthodox is someone who practices Judaism through the lens of the Orthodox faith. Like you also, we also have reform and conservative and they're definitely very Jewish, but I guess they have a different take on how, how law should be or how religion should be practiced today. Yeah, that's awesome. And I cannot wait to talk about the outfit because like we're, we're all the same. It's so cool. But yeah. would you please then sh- share with us the traditions of Hanukkah and yeah, like what you guys do during Hanukkah time and how you prepare for it? Yeah, it's cool because I actually just saw the question. <laughs> I got a little sneak preview. And when I saw this one, I was really excited because I actually spoke last night at a girl's high school and we were talking about fitness and how it ties into Hanukkah and all of that. So I'm excited to, to share with you what I discovered through my research. And I'm going to tie it into fitness. Is that okay? Yeah, that's the goal. <laughs> yes. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so most people, when they think of Hanukkah, think of the menorah, the lights, the the, tra- the dreidels, like the little tops, and the gifts. <laughs> and the truth is that the menorah does symbolize the miracles of Hanukkah, specifically the miracle that while the Greeks were destroying the temple, we, we have a commandment to light. There was a a giant menorah. You, are you familiar with what a menorah is? No, not really. <laughs> okay. So it's that like, have you ever seen the candles? Um, like a, the candelabra. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's called a menorah. So in the temple, we had a really big menorah that was lit every single day. And during the, the war with the Greeks, when they were coming in to, des- to destroy the temple, they couldn't find any oil to light the menorah because the oil had to be olive oil, like pure olive oil in a sealed jar. And then the miracle was that they found one jar that was still sealed and they lit the menorah and the, the light instead of there was enough oil in the jar to last 24 hours and it lasted for a full eight days. That's how we get the eight days of Hanukkah. So that is very much one of the big miracles of, of Hanukkah, but people tend to focus on that without focusing on what like the bottom line real miracle was, was the war between the Jews and the Greeks. And this was actually more of a spiritual war than it was a physical war. The Greeks were focused, like it was a Hellenistic period and where the Greeks really focused and worshipped on, focused on the human and worshipped everything about the human. So everything from physical beauty to intellect and the physical beauty of a person was evidence of intellect and it was a symbol of morality. So the more beautiful a person was, the more moral they were considered, which is very much not a Jewish idea. And so we, again, the war was the conflict between keeping our Jewish traditions and our Jewish law and our Jewish faith versus this Hellenistic idea that all that is spiritual is not important. And so it's interesting, and maybe we'll get into this more a little bit later, but it's really interesting how the Greeks were super focused on the, on the physique of man and literally spent 
eight hours a day in the gym, building their bodies, but for no, for no greater purpose. It was just for the, the purpose of actually creating this form that they believed was the ideal human form. Whereas what drives my exercise and the exercise I believe of most faith, most people of faith is, is an entirely different motivation. And I believe we'll get to that. Yes. Oh my gosh. So excited. You can see me. Uh, yeah, I see that smile. <laughs> yeah. No, because I'm working on a project right now that will talk about the body of paradise pretty much. And we're going to talk about like, because the same thing is, you know, we're, I'm so tired. I'm tired of seeing people focus on the body image. Like yesterday I had a conversation with someone who's like, oh, I just bought the waist, the waist trim thing. Uh-huh. I'm like, but is it all about the looks? Like, right. Anyways. Right. So. <laughs> When it comes to this time of the year, how do you usually prepare for it spiritually, mentally, and physically? I need to be really honest. I'm not great at that. It's okay. Every year I say to myself, like, as a new holiday rolls around, I'm like, I really need to be more intentional about preparing because when we're in school, we're constantly being taught and in in so many different aspects and the technical aspects of the holiday and the spiritual ideas. And since I've been out of school, I've not been very good about that. So the truth is that I don't prepare all that much other than actually setting up my physical menorah which I like which is usually also a very last minute thing because I'm a last minute person but just the idea of knowing that it's a time of celebration it's a time where we reflect on our history and what we've been through and what we've come out with and knowing that I'll get to do that with family that's just kind of puts like a really warm feeling in my heart yeah I was gonna ask you if so have you ever seen any programs like fitness or non-fitness programs out there that talked about how to prepare for the like Hanukkah for example have you seen such thing or not yet no no maybe (laughs) I should maybe I should create one Yeah, because that- I actually have, which I'm super excited about. God willing, I'll be filming on Monday. But I actually, have, you know, the song 12 Days of Christmas? Yeah, well, I, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote a Jewish version called Eight Nights of Hanukkah. Oh, nice. And every night of Hanukkah is a different workout movement. So I'm really excited to be putting that together and, and releasing that on the first night of Hanukkah. Send um, me, tag me. I want to see it. And like, okay, this- I will for sure. There's this trainer, fitness pro, he created a nonprofit, prayfit.org. Uh-huh. Like I watched his videos or like I went to the video. The video, anyhow, he tied workouts was like reminding the people with the, who are doing the workouts. Like remember prophet, um, Abraham and Moses and Jesus, like, you know, reminding uh-huh. me like, that's so cool. Like, why can't we have that in my faith <laughs> too? Because right. we're all like interconnected. Yeah. But yeah, I asked that question just to see and hopefully inspire you. <laughs> Yeah, that's cool. So how has the faith played in your life or played a role in your life, especially or including your fitness journey? Okay, so I need to like give you a little bit of a background, but my favorite sport growing up was sitting on the couch with a really good book. You could not pay me to go to the gym. And when I was 21, I was moving from Toronto, where I'm from originally, to California. And I just in the back of my head had this idea that I should probably introduce some movement into my life because living a sedentary lifestyle is just not healthy. I had read an article about CrossFit and something about the idea of weightlifting intrigued me. And so I decided to give it a shot and I totally fell in love with it. And I don't know if you're familiar with CrossFitters, but every CrossFitter I know, all they do is talk about CrossFit, kind of like vegans. Um, And I was no different. So... (laughs) While I was crossfitting, all I was doing was talking about crossfit. And the more I talked about crossfit, the more I realized that no one cared what I had to say about it. And it wasn't because it was crossfit specifically. It was just because we very often don't prioritize fitness in the Orthodox community. In large part, because we're so busy, like most people work full time or are stay-at-home moms 
again, that's a full-time job, have families, have husband, kids, are possibly in school, are volunteering, like our lives are really, really full, that fitness just kind of falls low on the priority list. I believe a big part of that is also because we directly associate fitness with weight loss. And when people are trying to lose weight, they're going to go the quickest, you know, they're going to go with where they see the results. And if you're going to the gym, you're not going to see like pounds dropping off the scale. And so what happens is the exercise gets dropped pretty quickly. And my journey through fitness, through my journey, I realized that exercise is really not about the weight loss. It's about discovering how incredibly capable my body is. It's about taking care of my body. And it's about something so much bigger than how I look, like you were saying earlier. And we kind of, I'm I'm curious, actually, if this is something that, if this is an idea to your faith as well, but we see the body as a vessel for the soul. And so on the one hand, we could kind of just think of the body as like, oh, it's just the vessel for the soul. It's not that important. But on the other hand, and the way that really we should be looking at is that it's not just a vessel, like it's the vessel. Without it, we literally couldn't do anything. We wouldn't be able to perform the commandments that God commanded of us. We wouldn't be able to fulfill our mission in this world. We wouldn't be able to grow and become a better version of ourselves. We wouldn't be able to contribute to ourselves, our families, our communities, the way that we should be if our bodies aren't properly taken care of. So I kind of see it as a responsibility and a privilege to take care of my body. And, and one of the most beneficial ways of doing that is actually working out because it's not just the physical aspect, though it is like a huge part of it, but there's also amazing emotional and mental benefits that come with it. So for me, faith is very much tied into what I do and why I do it. Yes, and I think you can still see me smiling. <laughs> yeah. So true, it's, that's why I'm having you on the show because it's the same struggle within my faith where a lot of like culture plays a role obviously in it as well. But people are still not seeing how important fitness is. And that's what I'm trying to tie the prayer aspect. Because you know how we pray standing mm -hmm. and all that stuff? Right. And then the same thing, like our bodies. I know like I think within the Christian faith, they believe it's like a temple. So like our body is our responsibility and like the soul is like obviously like, in it and all that. I don't want to say in the wrong words, but no, uh, that's okay. <laughs> so, like, I, I know you follow me on Instagram. So, Akira means afterlife. Oh, uh, uh, I was actually always wondering that. <laughs> this morning, I was looking at your email address again. I was looking at your Instagram handle. I'm like, I don't even know what the but, for what. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, it's for afterlife, and that's what I'm trying to tell people. Like, our bodies will be also like a witness, and will speak for us on the day of judgment. So, why not take care of it now to carry like the good work to the good work huh. and help the community. Thing. I like that. Yeah. But yeah, like literally what you said is pretty much like what I believe in, like a similar path. And so, so then how as a business then, and as a fitness professional, how has been the journey or the struggle, if any, speaking to your people about faith, fitness, and do you guys find it challenging sometimes? So it's a really interesting, it's an interesting question. And it's actually something I was speaking about with a nutritionist yesterday. Because on the one hand, like I said earlier, all the same excuses that people have for why they're not working out exist. And and it's I'm not going to say that we're different than the rest of the world. We're busier. Like, no, everyone's busy. But it's easy for us to, to talk to like really believe our own excuses, right? Like taking care of our family is spiritual work. Doing what we need to do to do that is spiritual work. So it's, I can't say like, oh, that's less important or this is more important. It's not. They're both important, but I believe that we make time for what's important. And I think that once we understand the importance of it, we're willing to make the time for it and we're willing to find a way to do it in a way that serves our life. Sometimes the struggle is just in recognizing that importance. So I would still say yes. From a business perspective, there's still 
the struggle of helping people understand why it is that this is something that they should be implementing in their lives. I will still say that a lot of people want it, do recognize the importance of it, but have trouble actually like taking action, follow through, which happens in every area of our lives. But again, I kind of believe a big part of why it's so hard ties back to the weight loss thing. When your motivation is externally based and the results that you're looking for may not come to you in the way that you expect them to, it's really hard to stick with something. So I don't blame them. And kind of the way that I talk to my clients is I'm going to help you get the results that you're looking for without putting the focus on weight loss. And so we walk through a conversation of what does that look like? What are your goals? Why do you want to lose weight? And most people want to lose weight for the same reason. They want to have enough energy to run around with their kids. They want to be able to walk up the stairs, you know, with their groceries and not get out of breath. They want to feel better about themselves. They want to, let's be honest, they want to look better naked. All these things are really, really fair goals, but we've been conditioned to believe that they're directly associated with our weight. And it's not true. You, If you work on your strength and your stamina and your endurance, you're going to be able to run around with your kids at whatever size, right? For me, I, I know when I started working out at the gym, I thought I was going to lose weight. I didn't. I didn't lose a single pound when I was doing CrossFit, but I really built myself up. I'm naturally weak. And all of a sudden I was running 10 Ks and lifting a couple hundred pounds and doing things that I never thought I'd be able to do because I just put myself in a situation where I started doing them. And so it's kind of taking that first step of, of recognizing that you just got to do it in order to make it work. And also letting go of that diet culture mentality and understanding that the results you're going to get are going to be amazing. Even if you don't, even if it doesn't change the way you look in the way that you thought it should. On the other hand, I will say that I am surprised by how little pushback I have considering that I don't promote weight loss and that I, I do talk a lot about body positivity, body neutrality. And I think it's just because we're so ready for it. We live in a society that really focuses on the pursuit of thinness and then the external aesthetics. And it's definitely infiltrated our Orthodox community. And just, I, I mean, the, when I talk about, it's, it's kind of like people are looking for permission to just be. They're looking for permission to take a step out of diet culture. They just didn't even know that was a possibility. And then I come along and I explain to them why it's not just a possibility, but why it's better for them and why it's better for their health and why it's a far more Jewish concept to just learn to take care of your body than it is to learn how to lose weight. And it's something that people are craving without even realizing it. So I've actually been getting such a positive response. And yeah, for sure, I have my haters and that's fine. And when people say, oh, health at every size or intuitive eating or joyful movements, it's just your excuse for being fat. Like my, my only response is to laugh because it is so much harder to learn to accept myself as I am and take care of my body in a way that is good for me than to just go on another diet. It's way easier to listen to the voices of everyone around me and go on another diet. So I just laugh when people are like, oh, that's your excuse for staying fat. Like, no, just no. <laughs> yeah, no, like it's, and like, I know there's an article that talks about how personal trainers do struggle with body image and how a lot of trainers have fallen into that bit of the trap of like eating disorders. Yeah. Because yeah. even like we struggle with it and people think it, it's easy on us and it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, again, thank God I'm, I'm really grateful that I have a healthy self-esteem and self-confidence, but that doesn't mean I don't have my insecurities. And for the most part, I look in the mirror. I'm a big believer in looking in the mirror, clothed, naked, whatever it is, like learn, like get yeah. to know your body and get to know all the different parts of it, the parts you love, the parts you don't love as much. I don't think there's, I, yes, I'm a huge fan of loving your body, but 
I don't think there's anything wrong if you don't. I just want people to get comfortable with the idea that maybe it's okay. Maybe I don't need to change the way I look, even if I don't love it yet. But there was something else I was going to say in response to what you just said. Oh, what did you just say? I forgot. The body image in disorders. Oh, yeah. But I totally have my insecurities for sure. We all do. That's, I mean, that's what being human is. Yes, exactly. And, you know, like, it's not because like, you see sometimes like people who are doing the 5Ks, 10Ks and they're, like they're big. And I'm like, if they're doing it, like they're moving, at least they're able to move. So it's not always about and you have like skinny people who are like sick. Deep yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that's basically the premise. I don't know if you're, are you familiar with health at every size? Not yet. Okay. Oh my God. I <laughs> love that answer. That was such a good answer. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so health at every size um, is a philosophy and a movement. And the premise basically is that anyone can pursue health regardless of what size they are. And that doesn't necessarily mean that weight doesn't play a factor in their health. Though I will say, like, I will challenge people to think about it may, it might not play a role the way that we think it plays a role. I'll just give like a brief example, but male baldness is correlated with, with heart disease, but we would never in a million years say that someone, a man being bald causes heart disease. Like that's just ridiculous. But yet we have no problem saying that someone who gains weight that contributes to diabetes. And, and I kind of just would like push people to think maybe weight gain is a symptom of being a pre-diabetic. Now there's actually no scientific evidence to prove one way or the other. So I'm not saying that my new suggestion, and it's not my suggestion, but I'm not saying that that is the way it is. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that correlation is not causation and the way that, again, we've been conditioned to believe weight plays into health may not necessarily actually be the case. With that said, I'm also not saying it doesn't play a role at all. Someone in a larger body may experience more issues with, with joint pain and stuff like that because the extra weight does have an effect. The Where, where health at every size comes in is but what's the appropriate response? Because if we look at the diet rate and we look at the evidence of the results of people who are trying to intentionally lose weight, we see that the results are not positive in the long run. So if that's not the best approach, then what is? And very and what we can do and what is within our, within our control is developing and maintaining healthy habits. So it's really, again, shifting the focus from weight to actual health healthy habits what can I do to take care of my body in a better way that actually no I did now that you mentioned that I remember to post my friend share on Instagram and it was interesting I didn't comment because I don't like get involved but yeah her perspective was like she's against it in a sense because like yes being fat and stuff is not healthy and I don't know what and then now as you're speaking I remember the workshop that I attended in 2017 where he say like losing fat and weight this time is becoming harder. Like it takes so much and like, you know, the cells have, like if you look into the actual like biology of the fat cell, it's really hard, you yeah. know? But then he's like, why can't we shift the conversation and help those people that are having a hard time losing the weight be healthy at that weight? Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's how I was like, let me not get involved with that post. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And and again, like I will say at the end of the day, for the people, there are a lot of people who aren't ready to hear this and are not willing to be okay. Like I've literally had a woman say to me, I was speaking in New York a couple of years ago and she came up to me and she said, I love what you said and I respect you so much. And she was, I would say she was a similar size to me. So she was, she was in a larger body, but not like, she was a small fat, we call it. Not like, you know, not a big fat. And she, she was like, I don't want, I don't want to be okay in this body. And it kind of struck me as really sad because 
you're saying that you're not even willing to give your body a chance. You're not even willing to do what it takes to be healthy. She, you know, you're going to consistently look for unhealthy ways to achieve a look that may not actually be suitable for your body. Again, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> what were you saying? Like not getting the composition, but I was going to say like, cause I was, I want to tell people like my, from my perspective, like God doesn't care how many pounds you lose on the scale, but he cares how you're using the body to exactly. take care of yourself and serve exactly. and all that stuff. Exactly. And that's exactly. Like, that's where I want to like shift the conversation. And that's why I'm doing the purposeful yeah. weight loss journey with my eight week weight loss journey that I'm on right now is to shift that conversation, like the before and after. Like I know you cannot see the spirituality part of it. I think it's internal, right. but like that does translate externally. Mm-hmm. For sure. This, yeah. The, yeah. The inner spiritual work definitely. And the mindset. Yeah. An external effect for sure. So would you please share with us about the modesty rules in the Orthodox Jewish faith and how challenging it is sometimes for women to be active in public? Sure. So in a nutshell, um, <laughs> we wear skirts that cover the knees and then shirts or tops that cover the collarbone and the elbows. And again, even within Orthodoxy, we have a huge spectrum. So I grew up really right-wing Orthodox and we have we go all the way to like modern Orthodox. And so the the levels of adherence or stringency might be different. So someone who's non-Orthodox will definitely have a more open neckline, may or may not cover their elbows, stuff like that. So there's a wide spectrum there. But for the most part, that's the basic modesty standard. And most of us do keep those standards even when we're in the gym working out in a in a co-ed setting. So if it's a women-only gym, then there's no problem to just you know, wear leggings and a tank top or whatever. But when we're in a co-ed environment, then we would keep those standards. So for me personally, growing up Orthodox, like it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't really something I thought about. There are women who won't even go to co-ed gym for, for religious reasons. Like there are women who will uphold that standard. And I did that for a long time until I got to the point where I realized I needed movement in my life. And for me, that movement was CrossFit. And I wasn't going to be able to get the same results. And I wasn't going to be able to be motivated in the same way if I was going to a regular gym that had like separate hours for women or something like that. And I actually did ask my rabbi before I joined a co-ed gym. And I was told that it's fine. And for, you know, some more right-wing Jews, like that Orthodox Jews, that's going to be the approach, like they'll, they'll get guidance on that. And some people will make the decision for themselves. And I don't believe that there's one right or wrong way to do things. But for those women who do work out in a co-ed environment, many of them will cover up. I only realized personally how challenging it was once I went to a women's gym. So I started out CrossFit in a co-ed gym, went to a women's CrossFit type gym. And so there I was like in my short sleeves and my leggings and then going back to to the skirt once I switched out of that gym, that was a challenge. But for me, it's not the biggest deal in the world. I know for many of my friends, I don't think it's the movement. I don't think it's the clothing itself that inhibits movement so much as it is the discomfort with being different. You know, most people don't expect to see a skirt at the gym. So it's right, just a yeah. little bit of, of discomfort there. But I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say it's like a really big deal. But what you're saying is so related to like my faith as well. And like what I went right. in a similar sense. So I actually, that's how I got to know about you because a pose that you ask one time like the rules of crossfit you cannot wear like oh that's how i got to know about you uh what you're doing and i'm like she needs to be on my show <laughs> but yeah i actually like one of my clients she is a you know muslim cover like way more than i am i mm-hmm. kind of shifted as well <laughs> <from> yeah <laughs> when i started wearing the headscarf but 
I was like, no, check Sarah. And then you sent me the links to where you buy your clothes from because she was wearing yeah. actually skirts even when she's with me. Like, I'm a female. Oh, really? Yeah, because there are some Muslim women, like, who are still... Because technically speaking, we're not allowed to, like, really show, like, our body to other uh-huh. women, too. So she was holding on that, too. But even with me, like, I didn't wear the headscarf before. And so I was, like, very open, all that stuff. And then when I started wearing it, it became very challenging. Like, I started becoming self-conscious. Like, oh, my gosh, yeah. guys. And, and, like, I'm wearing tight clothes and I don't know what. So I skipped the gym for a long time. Really? And then it get, got into, like, depression because I, I skipped work out. School came first. Like, all the six things are building in my head. And then now the same thing with a lot of women from my faith. They just want a woman-only gym. And then even within the women-only gym, like, sometimes guys would walk in. Like, they would take their headscarf right. off. And, like, because there was one by my house that I used to go to. And it's, a, it, like, yeah. But as you see how we both have a similar struggles. But, and I think, like, it kind of could be a barrier, but it shouldn't be, like, an excuse. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people, I, I believe, I do believe very strongly that our religious laws are important to uphold, but I don't believe, I mean, this is not even a belief thing. Judaism isn't an all or nothing religion. So just because someone isn't holding at a certain level doesn't, or is holding at a certain level here doesn't mean they're holding a certain level there. And I don't think there's anything wrong with exploring that and, and finding your comfort zone. And it might mean starting off like, if you're first going to gym for the first time and, and you just are not comfortable wearing a skirt and eventually getting to that place or, you know, everyone does what's right for them. And I, I also actually have clients who work out just, just with me with wearing their skirts. Like it really is just a total comfort level thing. And so I don't cover my hair. I'm still single in, in our religion. Like we only start covering the hair once we're married. I don't know that. I would say that, huh? I don't know that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but our, but, for yeah, us yeah. to consider a wig a hair covering uh-huh. so you may not necessarily notice it but most married women are uh, have their hair covered to some degree like it could be a wig it could be a hat it could be a, a scarf something like that but that is actually a much it's it's on a different almost a different level than the rest of the the clothing thing so a lot of married women even when they're working out with women only will will work out with leggings and a, and a tank top but will still keep their head covered yeah yeah not everyone but a lot that's so cool see i'm learning that's why that's so cool <laughs> yeah so what are some of the taboos that you are finding or that you find that you're addressing in your work slash business post talking I mean I I would think I would say the biggest thing right now is just I'm a pioneer so the body positive and weight neutral movements are huge in the world in general and they're growing day by day thank god but it really hasn't hit the orthodox community yet we kind of get everything like five years later ten years later so I have again thank god an amazing group of women from all over the world who are also who also take a body positive weight neutral approach to health. Them are dietitians or some therapists, literally still a handful of us. It's like a dozen of us from all over the world who who take this approach and we very much are pioneers. And so there's a lot of just people saying like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like health is related to weight. I would say that's really the biggest taboo, just introducing this totally, totally, totally foreign concept to community that is sadly focused on, on looks. And it's interesting because it's totally not a a Torah value and it's so inconsistent with our way of life, but it's one of the things that has infiltrated our community. And yeah, I mean, 
it's, it's cool to be a pioneer at the end of the day. Like I want to be in 20 years from now. I want people to remember my name. <laughs> so it's will, it's worth, you know, whatever challenge it puts me through now. I agree. And I'll be joining you probably because I'm working with, so Rabbi is like a leader, right? Like somebody you go for. Yeah. So I'm working with an email. He, well, like he's a Quran teacher. And uh-huh. in the community, we're working together to talk about the body of Jinnah, which is paradise, the positive uh-huh. prayers, and other topic. But that's, we want to shift the conversation within the Muslim community. But hopefully I told him, like, why can't we talk to Christians and Jewish? Yeah. Because like, we're kind of similar. But, like, shift the conversation from, like, the body image to, like, a body that you have in paradise. You know, it's, like, part of our faith mm-hmm. and, like, prayers and stuff. But I know, like, I got warning, like, be careful. You know, like, not be careful. Like, people will come at me. And I already had someone come at me on LinkedIn already like i haven't even yeah. published the, the the work yet but yeah like whenever you do something in my opinion like for god's sake or what have you like you're gonna get not backlash but like you know tested and for sure for sure and i think <laughs> i mean the way i look at it is that like i said earlier not everyone's ready to hear it yeah so i'm talking to the people who are ready to hear it i'm not looking to yes it, it for a long time when i first started this going back like three years now I I experienced a lot of frustration when I realized that like I was trying to fight a broken system. Um, And I just got to the point like maybe six months ago where I realized I don't need to fight a broken system. I need to create a better, stronger, safer, more empowered system that eventually with time will overpower the one that currently exists. And I'm totally okay with that. So I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to be here. Yeah. Air high five. I'm going to be here for the people who are ready to hear it. Yeah. And that's all I can do. And that's going to be the most powerful way to create change. And, and for, for everyone, for the naysayers and the haters, like I'm happy to engage in conversation if they're willing to actually engage in conversation and not just, you know, with an open mind. Exactly. <laughs> um, and if they're not, then that's okay. I don't, I don't judge them and I don't blame them because I've been there. Like, it's very yeah. hard to, you know, go through five decades of diet culture and then for someone else to come along and be like, hey, by the way, all that work you've been doing, sorry, <laughs> wrong. <laughs> like, are you telling me the last 50 years of my life were pointless? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I don't, I don't judge them, but I'll be here whenever they are ready to hear. Awesome. I love this. Oh my gosh. Any questions that I should have asked but didn't? I think you, I think you pretty much covered it all. <laughs> all right. Awesome. I think you covered it all. This was so much fun to talk. Where can we find you and stay in contact with you? I am on Facebook as Sarah Kupfer, my name, or Instagram at fitjewess or my website fitjewess.com. That's F-I-T-J-E-W-E-S-S. And for everyone who's going to ask, a Jewess is a female Jew. Awesome. I actually, it's not a very common word. I didn't know that. I just thought that you yeah. just add an extra S. <laughs> no, it's like, you know how I know now everyone's flight attendants because that's like the PC word, but it used to be steward, stewardess, actor, actress. So same idea, Jew, Jewess. Oh my God, that's so funny. Yeah. I did not even see, I didn't know that. And like you have a blog right now where I talk about marriage, not dating. I was going through it like really yeah. fast. <laughs> yeah, that actually went viral. That's one of my favorite blog posts. We were talking because yeah. like I was saying how diet culture is very much a part of our community. It shows up. Yeah, most glaringly in in the dating world because we we date for marriage, so our dating process is really 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 different than the secular dating process. And I don't know what you guys do it. Like so, (laughs) so we finish high school. Most girls go to seminary for a year, so it's kind of like a gap year, focused just on like Judaic studies and preparing for life. And then some some girls go to college, some girls don't. But we basically 
date for marriage, either by being set up with a matchmaker, a friend, a family member, something like that. Nowadays, we also use like there are Jewish online dating sites, but it's very intentional. So when we share, like we'll share information before we ever like meet, do sometimes do a little bit of research, sometimes do a lot of research. It's really, is this guy someone who's compatible for me? And then we go out to date to see if we actually get along and like each other. But I mean, I would say most of my friends dated on average for three to six weeks for getting engaged. And then the engagement is like a few months three to five months on average. Again, this is very much just my community where I grew up. More right-wing community has, a not right-wing, but the more Hasidic community has a different process. The modern Orthodox community has a different process. But the, the background that I come from, this is pretty standard. Dating for three to six weeks, get engaged. There's no touching during that process. So we don't touch anyone of the opposite gender until we're married. And then it's just our husbands. Well, other than dads and brothers, that's allowed. But, but for some bizarre reason, thinness has become like a really big focus in the dating process. And so for anyone who lives in a larger body, it's significantly harder to get those dates. And it's a struggle. It's a real struggle. So I know I personally have been told multiple times by matchmakers, by family members, by friends, like, oh, we'd love to set you up with so-and-so, but he's looking for a thin girl. Or I, there was a guy I was interested in and I had a friend like ask him if he would date me. And, and basically like he, his response was basically along the lines of like, I think her personality is great, but I'm really attracted to thinner girls. Which, just to be clear, attraction is super important, yeah. very important. And I strongly believe that that should play a role in choosing who you're going to date. But with that said, and we've kind of gotten to the point where it's just become a standard that no one is, they're not even, the guys are not even considering, is this something that's important to me? It's just become a, this is important in my community, so therefore. And so we, I did some research, mostly like anecdotal research, and I came to the conclusion that it's true that fatter girls do get fewer images. So whether they're like girls as young as 19 or in their 20s, 30s, 40s, it's, it's just, it's interesting. So it's kind of time to stop telling them to lose weight for marriage when they're going to get married anyway, because that's God's plan and, and stop focusing on like how many dates did she get or how many times or how many guys did she go out with? Same struggles here. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what kind of got me into like eating body image like struggles for a while. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, like I have this big fat belly and like in my country guys only attracted to like skinny girls and um, like I'm still single too, but you know, I had a client who from came from a Pakistani culture and like, cause culture does play a role and then like right. she lose weight by the wedding time. And so there's a culture. Yeah. Part, and then also the religious part it's like why can't we yeah. shift the con but anyways this was so much fun I, I can talk to you like for hours this is so <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to schedule another another date <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right well you guys make sure you follow her at fit jews is that how you say it jewess jewess okay yeah. fit jewess on instagram and be fit for akhira for mine and thank you so much for your time thank you for having me this was fun Thank you for tuning in. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe today and leave a five-star review. You can also screenshot and share this episode with a family or a friend. Be strong, be fit, be fit for Akhira. <laughs>